Listeners, welcome to the business of wellness. I am your host, Jacqueline London. I am beyond, I'm beyond about today's guest. I just can't say enough fantastic things about him. I had an incredible conversation with Dennis Kaiser. He is the head of international marketing for Legriere AOP. He has extensive experience in the marketing world, including with food and beverage companies, and is also super passionate about sharing the stories of the people behind Legriere AOP and his home country of Switzerland, in addition to the promotion of what has been consistently named the world's best cheese. I learned so much about Gruyere. I learned so much about the process of the AOP of, I'm not even going to attempt the French here and, and ultimately butcher the name, but it is effectively the consortium that oversees the processes by which Le Gruyere can be made and, and upholds those standards of actual um, production, food production, as well as the marketing and distribution. So fascinating conversation with Dennis. I know you're going to love this conversation. I, I really just found him to be so captivating. I, I literally felt like Am I in Switzerland right now as we're having this conversation? I can only wish to be in Switzerland, but that is beside the point. If you enjoy today's episode, let me know what you think. Leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. If you loved it, if you didn't love it, tell me why you didn't love it. But uh, while you're there, leave a five-star rating. (laughs) All right, guys. Enjoy today's episode. As always, you can find me on all social platforms at Jacqueline London RD and on TikTok at Jacqueline London. Can't wait to hear what you think about the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Okay, Dennis, welcome to the business of wellness. (laughs) Welcome to the business of wellness. How are you, Dennis? First of all, let's start with that. How are you? Thank you. Very fine. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Wonderful. Oh, it's great to have you. I'm so excited that we could do this and I'm thrilled to have you here. So let's start with, first of all, where in the world you are, because that's very important to everything that we're going to talk about today. Where does this podcast find you? <laughs> so we are we are here situated and located in Switzerland, Beautiful. in the earth of the uh, Grail Peaches production. So in the very middle of the French part of Switzerland. Amazing. And so are you from Switzerland originally? I'm a Swiss citizen, uh, what makes me maybe a bit different. I graduated from high school uh, back in 1988 on a small village called Big Fork, Montana. So uh, lots of memories back to the U.S. But I studied in Switzerland. I studied design, uh, economics and management. And uh, with some specification, premium packaging, communication, and in the international uh, food industry. I mm. uh, started my career as a marketing director in the music environment. Mm. Worked for companies like Nestle, Heineken, big, big industries. And um, after being chairman and CEO of different companies, I figured out that um, I was much more dedicated to do something related to my person. Mm. So that's the reason why today. My job and my responsibility is to promote internationally the GRIOP uh, mm-hmm. around the world as international marketing manager, because I do believe that uh, it's a product that I can I can consider it, I can consider in my in in my lifestyle. That's probably one of the first reason. Well, let me tell you that it also feels like a product deep in my lifestyle. <laughs> 
<laughs> got to say that. I feel quite strongly about this product too. So I'm very excited to talk with you about it. Um, let me go back a second before we get into all the nitty gritty about Gruyere. I want to know a little bit more about your background because it sounds fascinating. So you work for, for some enormous companies. So you were at, you said Nestle, Heineken. What do you think is the biggest takeaway, if you had to say, if there's something that you've really learned from working for a large institution, and I know that there are many things, but for the sake of uh, brevity, I'll ask you for one thing. Is there something about working for a large company, large institutional organization that you feel like you learned and now continue to practice in your everyday? Big group have uh, top managers uh, Mm. putting themselves up front every day. And uh, it's very challenging. It's really tough. But it also means that um, the human pressure is very high. The quality, the result is very high. Uh, it's, a, it's a return on investment, and an everyday return on investment. Mm. And, um, I do believe it's a, it's a great school to work for companies like that. I mean, it's uh, probably a no-win, no-lose situation. Yeah. Um, probably I wasn't the right Nestle man or the right Heineken man. But um, learned a lot from those uh, huge international companies. Uh, but I also learned that it's not really the world I want to defend today based on sustainability, based on uh, human respect, based on animal welfare, based on based just on the quality of the product and having human behind the product. And not uh, market to not marketing, not to market an industrial product. That's that's something that makes the big difference. Mm, I totally agree. I think there is something so impersonal about working for a large company versus the actual, very real detail of of working for a smaller organization, where you feel like you really have a stake in the things that that get made, that get produced, that that really get done in a day. So, what brought you to work for? Career AOP. Um, I can tell you. I can tell you the true story. Actually, Please. behind that is behind that there is a headhunter. Uh, stories are always uh, interesting to learn and to to hear. Uh, what happened is um, I got contacted by a headhunter, mm. and um, our consortium wanted to to increase. Um, our marketing knowledge, not their marketing knowledge, our marketing knowledge uh, with an international background person. But um, there's also something that was very important um, in the eyes of the consortium. They wanted someone uh, forgetting about ego because because ego and and the product, that is an AOP product, uh, protected designated product, Mm. Is is not really good because actually you work for the other one and and the star, the star is the product, but the real stars are the milk producers, you know, the cheese makers and the affineur, and um, that's the reason why through the headhunters, so it's very specific procedures to mm. find someone declining the ego part and bringing the product up front. Mm. But that's how I got into the consortium five years ago. So interesting. So I need you to give us the lay of the land on the consortium because I think so much now I've been in this industry for more than a decade and I still feel like anytime I am in Europe, 
<laughs> depending on the European country that I'm in. I, I would give our listeners the example of DOCG on Italian wine or DOP or IGT. I think that's probably the most relatable. Um, although you definitely see AOP on a number of different products. Give us the the backstory, the lay of the land for the American consumer who is likely listening to this. What is AOP? What does it stand for? What does it mean? And how does it relate to the Gruyere product itself? All right. So we should start from the very beginning. So the consortium. Yes. So the consortium is the representation of the 6,000, 6,500 people working uh, for the whole chain. So those are the milk producers, the mm. cheese makers, and the refiners. It means that the consortium overrules, overrules uh, quantity, quality, define, define the rules. So actually, we defend, we defend the interest of the Gruyere AOP worldwide. We do manage the Gruyere AOP quality and quantities. Um, we do promote, we do promote the brand. We do defend the brand. We mm. define all operating and uh, rules related with the specification of the Gruyere AOP. And actually, all action related with the green OP. So that's that's the consortium. So based on that, on on to be to be an AOP product, you know, it's not like buying a certificate. An yeah. AOP is a protected designation of origin. Uh, AOP, DOP, it's the same. So the protected de- designation of, of origin is a recognition of um, of a quality that is granted uh, for products that are made in a defined in a defined zone mm. and the defined zone will explain the quality of the product due to the terroir the terroir or the place yeah. and so we are we are actually at the consortium level guaranteeing uh, the authenticity um, of the product according to the know-how the knowledge and that know-how and knowledge is back, back since eleven uh, fifteen. You know, so we're talking about a couple of centuries. <laughs> but that's 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 something um, that is that is sometimes uh, difficult to understand. So to be to be an AOP product, mm. what does it what does it really mean? Um, yes. So the protected de- designa- designation of origin in 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 Europe. First um, is defining a territory. So yeah. only in that territory you can make the product. In our case, we talk about the Gray AOP. So we are an AOP since uh, July July 2001. We were an AOC before, so an appellation d'origine contrôlée. So we're not a protected. That means that this protection um, is defined by the Swiss law and the Swiss government. So you can't just, as I said, buy, buy an AOP. To be AOP, you Dennis, need... just to interrupt you for a moment, because I want to clarify something before you get into it. So the AOC, so you were AOC until 2001? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. You, I'm, I'm saying you as if you were grown in the terroir of, of Switzerland. <laughs> I mean the chief. We were AOC, and we grant we, we, we granted the AOP label. That right. is, that's you know, it's 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 quite it, it's quite a recognition, and this recognition yeah. 
is is related. You need to have a tradition. Yes. Very right. important. You need a limited production zone. Mm. You need a name. You need a name and a know-how and history and a product. So that's the base to be a pro- to to be an AOP. So based wow. on on the production zone, today the luxury AOP is only produced in in what we call canton. So those are states related to the US. So we're only producing in five in five cantons: Fribourg, uh, Vaud, Neuchâtel, Jura, and some part of the canton Bern. So that's the French part of Switzerland. It's right. a very very small uh, very small area. Wow. So it's 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 a it's a protection, or it's also a, how to say that it is a guarantee mm. for the consumer that every wheel that is leaving a cheese dairy or that is leaving a refiner that it is guaranteed to be a OP and has this. Um, suitable or, or, or you know that follows our procedures and that makes that makes the quality there's lots of work behind every every piece and every every piece of cheese that you'll find in, in your grocery or mm. in your supermarket um you know from from there on well we'll talk about that there's all the tracking system or all the casino marks every single wheel is um has a number, is followed, is tracked. Every single milk delivery is um, uh, collected, internally kept for six months to have um, a, a follow-up in the quality. So it's a very high-quality product. So if you... And I know I've asked I've asked this question before, Dennis, of 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 folks in other parts of the world, and I never get an answer <laughs> that is quite as satisfying as I want it to be because I find this to be both very straightforward and the nuances to be very unique to depending on where you are in the world, depending on the country, depending on the product. So, so tell me, tell me what in your words, what would be the the primary difference between AOC and AOP? Well, the the controlled origin mm-hmm. is 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 related to to a product that doesn't have an history or all the background. Mm. So you don't have the centuries, and from there on you can move on to an AOP. So That's you have perfect. to really demonstrate the, the historical yeah. relevance of the product yeah. and the cultural relevance, and, and, all and that. something you need to know. Um, in Switzerland, there is there is today approximately we we say about seven seven hundred fifty different cheeses around Switzerland produced in mm. Switzerland. We call Swiss cheese. It's not right. Swiss. It's Swiss cheese. Swiss, <laughs> Swiss cheese made in Switzerland. And out of those um, hundreds of, of of cheeses, there's only 12, 12 cheeses in Switzerland that have mm. an AOP, and we are one of those twelve. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. That really, that was perfection. I can't even say enough. So what, so what is the, so what is some of the history behind the cheese itself before we get into more about your role? I'd love to understand that a little bit better. 
Well, the history starts back in 1115 when, 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 when people needed to find a solution to, to, um, to keep their milk, mm. you know, to have a way in storage the milk. So that's the way they started to convert or to transform the milk in cheese. Mm. So that's the very beginning. So we have the first tracks and backs of the BRP in 1115. Uh, from there on, the, the the original recipe hasn't hasn't moved or hasn't changed. So mm. it means that um, we defined for sure procedures over the last last decades, mm. but the the procedures, this handcraft family tradition in those 155 cheese dairies are the same since centuries. You know, procedures working, and I also do believe that the respect to the animals mm. is the same. And a big thing is proud. People are proud about what they do. They're proud about the product. And they're proud about knowing that people enjoy what they do. You know? So that will answer the next question about what I'm doing. I'm, I'm pretty much the happy, enjoying person, being the ambassador of those people, you know? Yeah. So I think we need when we need we need to say that back in eleven fifteen the word came from la grue. La grue is is a bird, is a migration bird that was stopping mm. in Gruyere. So it became the name from Grue to Gruyere. And from there on, as the cheese was made in Gruyere, they found it interested to make to call it Gruyere. Wow. And the difference between the city, where there's a castle, Castle Gruyere. Uh, Gruyere City has an S at the end of Gruyere, and the cheese doesn't have an S. Right. But that's pretty much the base, basic uh, start historically back in 1115. So what, what you mentioned the the procedures, the the essentially the rules that have to be followed in order to continue to meet the AOP designation. So yeah. what what is that? process and i know i'm sure it's extremely vast so give us an yeah, so, overview i mean it is it is it is really as you say very vast so we need we need to summarize here yeah you have a good product you need good raw material right mm. yeah and uh, i don't want to talk about product i want to talk about food yeah so to have a mix to have what i call an, a, a cheese of excellence you mm. need we need the first thing the raw materials the milk and there's raw milk. And behind that raw milk production, so be, behind the, the, the cheese maker, there's some, there are some rules that are important to know. Mm. Uh, so the first thing is um, no preservatives used, no, no, no growth hormones used, no silage. It means that everything that is eaten by the animal is made on the farm. Got it. Wow. Um, no additives. Yeah. And all the milks that are produced need to be traceable. It means mm. that every delivery, you know, we have a milking in the morning, a milking at night. So every delivery of that evening milk or that morning milk that is delivered to the cheese, cheese maker is traceable and is kept. And we have today a bit more than 1,800 uh, milk producer. So you have to imagine around 
uh, around around our, our protected uh, area, eighteen hundred people delivering twice a day milk. On which one every single delivery is traceable. So we keep and 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 samples. And there's something that sounds very strange in the U.S. related to the distance is that you're not allowed to produce a milk for VAOP if you're f- if you're located further than 20, 12 miles. Wow. So the distance. So we're talking here about very short circuit, you know? Yeah. Very, very short circuit. Um, so this is all related with the procedures that has been defined. So this is to keep all the quality. Um, raw milk, you know, is, is related to an animal. Yeah. It's related to a cow. Some people might not knowing that behind milk there is a cow, and okay. behind behind cow there is nature, yeah. and between behind nature um, there's difficulties of everyday nature. You know, um, at this specific moment in Europe and especially uh, today, we we are under a very um, nature change of of weather it's getting very very warm and warmer every summer so you need to know that cows above above a certain temperature get stressed they get stressed animal gets stressed and by being stressed they'll produce whatever less milk or they produce less milk with 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 less quantity of of fat or proteins so never forget that the product at the end is coming from the nature, and Mother Nature is deciding what it gives us. It's yeah. not because we, on the level of consortium, we decide to produce that much, that we will be able to produce that much. At the end of the day, it's nature. Very dry summer, less grass, less milk. Very cold summer, the cows will fight. They will fight to warm up, so produce less milk. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's something we need to understand. The first topic, is the quality of the milk with all the variable that's related with the milk. So we are at the beginning. Wow. Milk producers. Nineteen so hundred. And so you said you said there are 1,800, 1900 milk producers in the area. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And that's all within and they have to be within twelve miles of cheesemakers. Yeah, of of the cheesemaker. And is and the milk itself can it be, this is probably a silly question, but can it be used for other things? So can you use it as just milk to drink or is it milk that's produced solely for cheese making? So those milk producers have a right to deliver a certain quantity of milk to produce Gruyere. Wow, okay. So based on the procedures, the quality of the milk is so high that in case we do lower down our quantities or quota, the milk they produce will go to different, you know, will be sold to to industry. Mm. Or, I mean, we talk there for the chocolate industry, we call here uh, powder industry, because the, the quality of the milk is so high. They right. won't get paid, they won't get paid as much. There's something we always do clarify at this specific moment. Mm-hmm. The milk, uh, the milk price that is paid for making the GOP cheese is the highest paid uh, milk price in the world. Wow. So wow. we really fight to have this high quality milk. Yeah. And something we never forget is 
the cows. The cows mm. produce milk, you know? Yeah. So, so what, makes, are, what makes for the highest caliber cow? <laughs> <laughs> forgive, forgive my language. The highest quality of milk production from a cow. What does that? What does the lifestyle require? I know you touched on the less stress, the fresh, temperature, fresh grass, you know, fresh, grass. fresh grass. Okay, grass. That's got to be number first. one. Grass. Number <laughs> no, one is first, fresh grass. Okay. Is space going outside? Right. Freedom. Freedom yeah. means there are there are. They decide. Right. They decide when they want to go out. They decide when they, you know, they they are they are they are on, on the free rhythm. Independent is, cows. They are cows of with independent yeah. minds. I mean, happy cows. Lots of people <laughs> looking. Lots of people looking at our cows and say, "Well, they're not happy because they're very skinny." But a skinny cow shows muscle, and yeah. this muscle shows that it's not a cow that is fed for meat. Right. Right, cow, right, you know, yeah, very cow. So happy cows, easy to say, but I do, I do know, and I have seen that that our milk producer have a relation to to their animals. That is, mm. is you know, their names, their place, and um, if you listen to them, they are part of the family. I love that. I love yeah. that. So, so they're um, relatively svelte cows they're happy cows they're named they're part of the family they sit down for family dinner of fresh grass yeah <laughs> i yeah, love it they, they, they don't have any other grass that is not you know they they're eating hay right. in winter right in right winter they're eating hay, but this hay is hay that's produced on the farm on the farm right so fast it's not hay coming from abroad right. you know or dry Dry silage or, mm. or, or corns or, or, or things like that. So this is this is, I think, the base of a quality product is to have a quality raw product, raw milk. Yeah. And from there on, the milk, the milk is delivered twice a day to the cheese dairy. So can and- I ask you another uh, somewhat silly? I hope this isn't a silly question. I hope this is a relatively. <laughs> relatively intelligent question but the is there pasteurization of the milk before it arrives at the dairy or is there no pasteurization of gruyere okay no, that's 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 what i said with raw milk right the right milk right is raw. so right. the milk is not pasteurized right the milk the, the you, you need to know that the milk that is is the evening milk yeah stays stays in 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 in, in uh, i never know the name not the jar but the, the containers the, Exactly. Right. And the morning milk that is delivered will join the evening milk that has been staying all night at the ambient temperature. Right. These are procedures okay. of 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 yeah. of uh, the the milk. The milk is already you know is an alive product. So during right. during the night, um, there's not a pasteurization that's happening. But yeah. there is there's a part of the fat of the yeah. milk that is going to the top. Wow. Which one we use to make double cream. But everything is raw. It's not pasteurized. Right. right. And there so is no at no point that happens. Okay. That makes total sense. That makes yeah. sense as to I hate to be biased, uh-huh. but that also makes sense as to why it's so delicious. 
Yeah, the milk is always staying in the copper vat. That's what I was looking for, you know. Right. The evening milk stays in the, in the copper vat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, is, it is settled there. It's it, always settling there all night. Um, and, and, and then the procedure or, or the cheese making starts when the morning milk um, gets together with the evening milk. So the, 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 the interesting thing, and that makes probably the quality and the specification of a BROP, is that the, the cheesemaker adds what we call uh, starter cultures. Yeah. But those starter cultures are the one that he has taken from the day before. Mm. So we have, we have this ingredient that is always coming back as not copy-paste, but as a copy taste, you know? <laughs> so every single cheese dairy has its own DNA, right. its own DNA. So it makes it makes this world of Gruyere with a real specification, taste specification. But at the end, every single wheel, every single cheese, every single day production has a small difference. And, and we do believe and, and we know that our clients, our consumers are looking at that because they have the specification of a Gruyere, a hard, 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 um, hard cheese, but they always have a new discovery, a new taste. So that's made from this DNA that's related to every single cheese dairy. Today we have 155 cheese dairies, small cheese dairies, you know. So adding, adding the starters, uh, that is actually a natural natural ingredient. Um, there's there's uh, a forty minutes warming up or eating eating up uh, before that we get to what we call curdling curdling the cheese. Okay, curdling the milk, curdling the milk. And, so what's um, the warm? What is the warm up? What, what's the what's the um? Are there stretches? Are the cows stretch? I'm kidding. But the what what is that that process? It, right. it means that 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 we are warming, we eating up, mm-hmm. we eating up the 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 milk to 135 uh, degrees Fahrenheit for wow. about 45 40 45 minutes. So this 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 slowly, uh, gradually eating eat 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 up uh, will 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 bring this to to a mass to. Mm-hmm. That that contains some. You can look at that like rice granules, some some small rice granules that we will cut to find through the knowledge and the hands. You know, the hands yeah. of the man is always appearing um, to to define the right texture mm-hmm. of the cheese. So um, every cheese makers doesn't have a machine to control the texture and control it. So once once it once it has been the milk has been heated in temperature. Yeah. Or as the temperature is reached, is 115 Fahrenheit, the 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 cheesemaker work starts with with touching the milk, touching the mass, controlling the texture. So that's the first the first eating up mm-hmm. and the 115 degrees avoid avoid any uh by by uh, how do you call that uh, 
biological you know, um, to avoid any uh, any sanitary problem. Right, That's right, right, right. So, so we don't we don't pasteurize. Got it. So the so this process is an, an entirely handmade process, or there are some that have machines. No, just handmade. All the process is handmade. Wow. It is supported by machine because you know when when you produce fifty or sixty right. wheels a day, this this the hard work is support, right. but there's no robot, you know. Right. Everything everything is made uh, by hand from 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 touching the cow, milking, mm. delivering. I mean, there's the hand the hand of the man appears in every single. Uh, procedure or every single uh, production of of the cheese amazing so so what's once, next once we have brought up this to this is this mass that the cheese maker and it's actually not a cheese maker it's a cheese master you know Ooh, to be a master yeah to be a cheese master it's an eight years uh, studying of 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 starting from the very beginning and then you became you become a cheese master and to produce to produce or to own a cheese dairy you need to be cheese master so every single cheese dairy has a cheese master behind so there's no machine it's really hand knowledge so to summarize one once once we have this cheese mass we will move we'll move it into mold to give this node wheel wheel side you know and this is also defined by procedure so each mold is marked on it on its uh, outer edge with with um with an inscription every single cheese dairy has a dedicated number so every single cheese dairy on the wheel has his cheese dairy number and then on on the top of the of the wheel uh, we are placing we are placing what we call casein mark. So the casein mark are putting the date of the production, mm. the production date, and the casein mark is an identification. It's like it's like a passport. It's an ID yeah. that every cheesemaker receive at the beginning of the year. Every cheese every casein is different, has a different number that gives an identification to every will. So all the wheels that we are producing have a different casein mark that we can mm. recognize and 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 make um, make make traceable. A casein is is a natural protein uh, made made found found right. in milk. You know, so yeah. there is no popular, additive. Very popular yeah. in the U.S. for protein powder, casein. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> We, we we say we have now a will into the mold, mm-hmm. and then these cheese, and you probably paid attention that I don't use the word Gruyere, and yeah. you'll see and understand the reason. I always talk about cheese, so that cheese goes then the following day uh, into what we call the salt salt bath. The sauce bath wow. is the DNA. A sauce bath is never changed. Okay. So it keeps the history of the DNA of, of the taste. And we put the cheese into a sauce bath that is 
made out of 22% uh, salt, concent- salt concentration mm-hmm. and stays there for 24 hours. So the salt has two, two, uh, two designation. One is a conservative designation and the second is a protection. So the protection is with the salt, the, the protection of the rind is a starting. That is, you know, that's that's the thing. So the cheese stays in the sauce bars for right. 24 hours. Okay. And from down, from down, let's say the real work, the time, the time work is starting. So that's uh, so from the time that it arrives until the time it's removed, there's 24 hours where it stays in this particular exactly of salt bath okay got it it stays 24 hours wow and uh, from there on time is making so from there on it goes into what we call an affinage so it's a maturation cell okay so that and that happens after that's the post the post salting goes into the 24 hours it goes it goes into it goes into this, the cheese cheese maker's cellar, stays wow. there for three months, wow. and after three months, it will leave and go into an affiner, so a natural natural cellar, um, and there again, it will process and keep on its maturation uh, at the temperature of 59, 59 Fahrenheit, wow. with a prox- with 90 percent humidity. And it has, wow. it has to stay there for at least five months. The average, the average is ten months, but at least five months. And so three then, months, and then another five to ten months. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Maturation, and what what's happening, and that's the work and the role that is made behind it. That's what it shows the quality. After four, after five months. Mm-hmm. Every single wheel is checked and taxed by experts, experts of the consortium. So it means that the experts of the consortium, according according to to rigorous criteria Uh made made on every single wheel is is tasted, made on the pasta, made on the taste, on the look, Mm -hmm. receive a grade. This grade is made out of 20 pounds. And if that cheese is not reaching 18 pounds, first of all, it will not be sold on the market, but it will not be named Gruyere AOP. Um. So it's only after reaching five months that the wheels can be or are put on the market and then become a Gruyere. And it's sold in the market. So that's that's the old story. So we need to understand that those very strict procedures is nothing related with an industry. Yeah. For sure, for sure we have packaging facilities when we talk about you know 30, 30, 30 tons of production. You can't just wrap and cut your your cheese by hand. You know, this this is then what I call the packing solutions. But everything is related to the product. Right. We say that every single piece or wheel 
is at, as as is touched is touched at least ten times by the hand of the man before becoming a griot. Amazing. Before we so the before mat- I ask you more on this, I've got to clarify something. If if the if the cheese, if because it's still cheese, I guess if it if it fails, if it gets eighteen out of less than eighteen out of twenty on this checklist, right? So, can you yeah. you can still eat it? It's not inedible, right? But it's just no, not for It's not inedible, but it doesn't reach okay. the quality we want. Right. It doesn't reach the quality we want to be on the market. Right. If it's okay. under eighteen, you need to know that our cheesemaker through our refiners, they get malus. They get what? They get malus for malu, a, 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 a malus. A malus. Wow. You know, if they get over 18, they get a bonus. They get paid for the quality. Right. You know, we, we do reward them. So we are doing everything to to bring the quality to the top. Right. And to answer your question, we would love to have cheese under 18 pounds so we could deliver it to the industry, making yeah. melting uh, mel- melting product, you know, industry right. product. Right. But that doesn't happen because the yeah. work that has been done through the quality pillar yeah. over the last years, bringing all the quality to the top that you find in the product at the end of the day. That's the reason why the Grey OP has such you know, has been named, has been named last year, best cheese in the world from the World Cheese Award, right. has been named uh, the best cheese in Switzerland through the Swiss Cheese Award, has been named El Melior, El Melior Juego del, del Mundo at the championship in Sao Paulo. And right. uh, at least, but at least, as, as you know, we, we've won all, 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 all the cheese competition last year. Yeah. That's to prove that the seriousness that is behind, you know. Yeah. And, and the incredible thing is, we need to put all those people together, mm-hmm. all those hands from the milk producer with the cheesemakers and refiners all together under one brand that is called the GRIOP. And that comes to my work, you know. It's at the end, it's it's how how after this maturation time is how do we sell or promote the GRIOP uh, worldwide or internationally. But that's that's the story behind. I, I, I do believe that once once you have touch or once you have been in contact with with such an incredible product, you don't want to go back to industrial products on which one if you have those talk with a buyer saying, Well, you just have to push in a button and produce more. Say, no, no, that doesn't happen like Not that. That's how it works. Know? Right. And you know. So Wow, it's a big melting pot of quantity, quality um, of of dedicated people, right. and at least, and uh, but not last, the most important thing: the consumer is deciding, mm. and that's the reason why we decided to call our USP Le P the taste of Switzerland since eleven fifteen, because it is such a specific taste that. You will recognize it on a cheese plate very simply, very easily. Because if you, these, these... If you were describing it, what what is the specific taste that you get when you are tasting Gruyere versus another type of Swiss cheese? Even so, when you start with a with a young cheese, as a five months cheese, you'll have a very lactic 
mm. very lactic taste, um, where I can consider it nuts, flavory, vanilla, sugary, milky. Mm. You know, very. It's 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 it is the all rounder approach. It's not the fine connoisseur, but I think it's good. This is this is the opening to the world of cheese. Right. You, you know, we start. People are starting with that. Um, so in this aroma wheel, you have at five months, you know, really this 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 incredible taste. You can feel the nature. I'm not going to say you can feel and smell the wind, but mm. you have a mushroom. When, 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 when you smell the cheese, you can have um, a wilderness forest taste. So that's okay. that's the very beginning. And from there on, there is the maturation that starts. Mm. And the cheese... The cheese is, is, is also um, moving to different tastes. And there's also uh, the, the crystallization of, of the milk protein in, in the cheese as a pairing. It's not the salt, it's the milk protein that appears. It gives a, a crunchy, tasty under, under the teeth that will start after, after 10 months. And this 10 months, that is called reserve for us, as a much more um, flavored, aromatic, that can make you remember or think of a stale, think of the cow. You know, we get we get to something much more wild, leather. Uh, uh, but the connoisseur will be much more interested in that, that type of cheese, that, you know, that affinage, that 10 months. It is also the time that you can start pairing pairing your cheese with with interesting product, with tea, with coffee, um, mm. with 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 flowers. You know, we do we do education masterclass where we present the flowers, either eatable flowers with yeah. the cheese. You know, to bring to bring them together. You can you can start also. Lots of people only talking pairing cheese and wine, but mm-hmm. I think those time those time are not old fashioned, but it's it's a bit behind, you know. Yeah. So we sh- we we're thinking about it can be whiskey, it can be it can be bread, it can be honey, it can you know just mm-hmm. find find your palate. So after ten months, the cheese is getting wilder, you know. It gets it gets it gets it gets to what I call this adolescent that wants to go out of the house and a bit more <laughs> crazy and go party. It's a teenage year. It's, okay. it's a teenage. It's a teenager time, and starting 16, 20 months, we get to that that age of what I called uh, our age. You know, there's this where you look for something specific because mm-hmm. you taste it is dedicated to something, and then the lover of strong sensations will find the pleasure because for sure. All this casein, all this casein side, milky side has disappeared, and we really go onto the wild or to the leather or you know to strong. Uh, I would call it cigar uh, tannin. You know, right. so it's 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 a move. It's something we believe or I believe. I think it the apogee, the apogee of 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 eating agria should be between. It's like wine between twelve and fourteen months. You know, like wow. fantastic wine, more right. well, so say it's 12 to 14 years. We, we just yeah. say instead of years for us, it's in months. months. Because after, it's like, the, it's like the wine. You get to something very specific that people like, 
but we're missing something because the cheese is drying. This this moistureness that is into the cheese is disappearing. So you get to something more dry. So this is a, then a very niche niche product that is is uh, is used by some specialists. Mm. Uh, really, it's apogee. Let's say it's 12, 14 months. So you have you have the time of of this young classic cheese that we considered to be also used in cooking, preparing, you know, grating. And then you have the connoisseur part, the one you you eat with nothing or with pairing that makes you that makes you happy. Some mm. like it, some like it with charcuteries, other like it with with foods. You know, we we go we go a bit a step further with 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 the collaboration we have with different chefs, where we work on 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 as I said, specification grass, flowers. You know, trying to right. find new new pairing. So that's pretty much all 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 around the GRP, you know. It's mm-hmm. it is today a key ingredient in 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 on on, on platter on cheese platter, that's for sure. Right. It's also a key ingredient in into cooking. Yeah. Lots of chefs, lots of chefs don't use salt anymore. You know, they they, they will they will use cheese and will gruyere. They will use a, a piece of gruyere to bring the, the the salt into into their gratin into right. because you know. So there's there's so many so many way to give a threat or a pleasure in eating the gruyere. That's for sure. You know. This is. Incredible and truly so fascinating. And I know that we're nearing the end of our time together. So I have to just get in a few more questions if you'll if you'll allow me, Dennis, because we, I want to wonderful. So so the one thing I've been I've been thinking about as you're explaining all of this, number one is can can you give us just a little overview? And it doesn't have to be <laughs> as in-depth because this was incredible, but but just an overview of of what your life is like in the marketing of the AOP, because I, I can only imagine that once you hear this story and once you understand the full process and the the people, the actual humans and the animals behind this production, there's a much deeper sense of connection to the product itself. But getting that story out there has to be challenging, especially on, on a global scale. So I wonder if you could give us what's the state of marketing of Gruyere AOP? Okay, so... The first thing is we work we work on a neutral way on the brand. So right. we, we only promote the brand name, Le Gruyere OP. Right. That's the first thing. We put we put all our effort on the brand. Mm. The second thing is we are promoting um Le Gruyere in fifty-three different countries. Mm-hmm. And we are putting priorities in the US because it's our most important exporting uh, exporting market. So from from there on, um, we have different promotion tools. We we, we do say that, um, uh, and we do believe that the best promotion is tasting the product, mm. adding it. I you know. fully agree with that. <laughs> So we put we do put a lot of effort on 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 tasting, right? And uh, I wouldn't call it sampling on tasting, because tasting is also education. It's what I call education, but education can be B two B and can be B two C. So we have 
I'm in charge of all the education programs around the world. So education consumer goes through tasting yeah. and the, educate, the, the, the B2B goes through masterclass, mm. deep into the product, product knowledge. So I would say this is a really the very first thing that we do in our marketing. So then we are in charge everything is related to pre to 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 media communication right, right. in which one we work for sure on the social different social media um we don't need to name them here but we're present on all social social media in yeah. the us we go through print we go through um uh, we go through uh tv we go through chef collaboration mm-hmm. and um this is this is a big this is one of the big package that we have presence in 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 the fairs in b2b fair and b2c mm. fairs and then we have different sponsoring engagement that's related to our to our policy you know mm-hmm. so we are we are sponsoring uh cross country we are sponsoring uh, athletics because we're always sponsoring teams we believe in teams we don't believe in, in ego and 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 so we are we're not sponsoring a person we are we're sponsoring like a group and uh, at least but but not last we are defending and protecting the brand because uh, as you know uh, good product or real product are copied so you can call them copy you can call them generates you can call them what you want gray market fake. black market <laughs> you um, could call them fake so we do call them fake yeah uh, call, call, I, call, I call them cheese, you know, because right. I have respect. I call them another cheese. Just what I don't like is using a name and, and abusing the consumer. Right. So that's a big, a big thing that we do. We do work on, on protecting, protecting the brands. And um, for sure, we have a, a very, we have a different, dif- a different differentiation mm. into strategies that we have in mature market or mm-hmm. in, in, in uh, new markets, you know, I wouldn't, we, I, we wouldn't have the same communication in Australia or in the US or in Germany or in mm-hmm. Japan. And um, that's pretty much not all I do because uh, the, the spectrum is much bigger. Yeah. But it is, it is in, 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 a natural, in a natural approach, if you ask definitely about, about my work, my role and, and, and my role is to bring the puzzle of all the people, all the service providers and the people dedicated to the brand around the world to bring them together. So all those persons okay. are present in Europe, they're present in the US, uh, through PR agencies, through design agencies. Mm-hmm. So my job is really to bring them all together and to make sure that they believe in, 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 in what we're saying, you know? Right. So right. It's, it's, it is... It is an all-around marketing view. Uh, we are very keen about sustainable uh, approach of what we do, for sure. For sure, and you understand that I'm not going to the US by boat. So sometimes I'm I'm, I'm wondering about my my own my own sustainable result. But um, we do work on just on sustainable project in 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 uh, in communications. Eh? How to reduce how to reduce our impact uh, with our communication is is communication through 
digital or, or social media is it right are we using the right platform the right time you know so we we have we have a front where we mm-hmm. are very operational we will also think strategically um about 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 the future because there's there's no reason at the beginning to say we consider our cows and the nature with there's no silage there's only raw milk there's no additive no you know no no gmo uh, no no antibiotics and at the end you don't have consideration to what we do what we do with our products so it's yeah. it's a really all 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 around uh work and job today yeah it's truly it's I mean, a true 360 i mean i it's incredible it's, it's it's it is it is a 360 that's for sure yeah yeah so, so we, we have we have a dedicated role that is to protect and defend the brand i think this is this is to summarize so if you are a us consumer and i have to ask this and forgive me because you've you've said it but i have to reiterate it because I now I'm thinking about the number of different restaurants I've been to just in New York, where I see Gruyere on the menu, but it's not Le Gruyere AOP. Does yeah. that mean it's necessarily not Le Gruyere AOP, or does it just mean because it could it could technically it could be the ignorance of the person just writing the menu that it it's just a mistake, or it could be that it's a different product? And tell us what's happening, Dennis. What's happening there? Oh, sure. I have a point of view, but I have the point of view of the market. I appreciate there's, that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a big thing about education and right. knowledge. And you ask, you ask it typically related to the U.S. Right. I, I do think and I do know that the U.S. The US connoisseur mm. have an understanding and a knowledge of the product that is over everyone around the world. But this is a niche part of the consumer. Yeah, those consumers are aware about AOP. They're, they they know exactly what they buy. The mass consumer, mm-hmm. especially in the US, is coming from a cheese education where we call cheese Swiss. Yeah, the you know definition of of cheese, and I see this when I spend time with my family back in Montana. Yeah. Cheese for them is Swiss. Yeah. Swiss. Okay, great. <laughs> so the thing the thing is, it's not against the law or against anything to put on the money um, a soup à l'oignon with Gruyere. Right. Because actually it doesn't mean anything. Because Gruyere is a generic brand for the U.S. consumer right. that defines something that is alpine or, you know. Yeah. It's difficult for us to accept that, but it yeah. is the truth. The consumer has an approach at the moment to cheese that is still in the process of learning what it is. We're coming from very, very far, you know. I don't yeah. know if you remember. Well, just just look at what most Americans put on the popcorn on the nachos. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm embarrassed we, to say. <laughs> yeah, but we call it cheese. And I say we. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Swiss citizen, but right. I understand, I really understand the American culture. So what is not a load? would be to use the word in Greer 
AOP from Switzerland and not mm -hmm. using that. That's what we find. Right. The only way of discovering the, di the difference is to make sure that you buy Le Gruyere of Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And this, de this denomination, Le Gruyere AOP Switzerland, is protected. And all the cheeses you'll find a retail, supermarket, big cashing carriers. I won't name anyone today, but we have such presence in all the shops on the east, west, coast, everywhere, that once you get your label with our logo and with the name Switzerland or Greer AOP of Switzerland, you can be sure that you have the right product. What's happening then in the food service and on the menu, you know, Again, when you go into Michelin star chefs in Las Vegas, better be getting and, it right. <laughs> yeah, and 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 suddenly you see, you see in the menu soup soup à l'oignon, right? Or Gruyere, and you allow yourself to ask where the Gruyere is coming from, and they tell you from France, and then go a bit deeper into it as well. But it's everything is is cheese, you know. So that that resume probably one of the biggest goal or the biggest challenge we have at the consortium level is to bring education to what it is what and you know it brings us to the very beginning of the of the interview what is the aop what is you know right, and right. somehow where where is switzerland you know what is switzerland <laughs> what is cheese so no we're not sweden right. no we, no we, we we're not we're not no <laughs> we're, we're, right. no we're not swedish you know we, we're swiss and Swiss is not cheese, you know. So, I, uh, at the end, the connoisseur, and there are a lot of fine food connoisseurs in the U.S., trust me, and, and you know that. They know exactly they can recognize a product. Right. Uh, for, for, for the starter, for the very beginner, um, make sure you have that logo and you have that Lugria European Switzerland and you have the right product. And there's one thing, we, we need to tell the consumer is that even if it looks nice wrapped like that, it's a living product. So if, if it's uh, mud, not muddy, malt, malt, if, if it has some malty yeah. and it looks a bit wetty, don't worry. I mean, it's normal. It's nature. Right. You know, just, 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 just take it away and forget it for about half an hour in, 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 in an ambient temperature and then eat it. Don't just grab it and eat it cold from, from the fridge, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like all, all products, you know? Right. Give it time. Never forget that that piece of cheese that you have in this small pre-pack that you're buying at your local grocery mm. has been mature for 18 months, 16 months, 12 months. There's love behind that. So if you just grab it, un unwrap it, cut it and eat it, there's something that is missing. You're missing. Okay? You're missing in, in, in this, in, with this, what we call a supply chain. So <laughs> exactly. to enjoy, to enjoy, to enjoy the moment. Never forget what's behind. You know. So you can't, you can't resume those twelve months in just opening your fridge, right. cutting, eating. Take right. time. It's like it's like a good wine. Oh, Dennis, I really, I could talk to you for the rest of frankly, the weekend, but I, I must. Let you go. So I have to ask you this one final question and this might be like picking a child. So forgive me, but if you had to say 
your favorite way to eat Gruyere, your personal favorite, what would you say? <laughs> um, outside. Love it. Nature. Okay. Um, walking. Ooh, walking. Oh, grabbing it, okay. grabbing it out of my 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 rucksack, and sharing it with friends. 12, 14 months, and uh, just with a piece of bread, fresh bread. So that's that's Perfect. that's an incredible moment, you know. This everything it. is behind everything. Everything is behind that that act, you know. It's like the nature, the sharing with friends, and uh, and and then always take the time. Always take the time. It's beautiful, Dennis. Thank you so much. I cannot. I really, I can't thank you enough. I feel like I've learned so much and I would love to talk to you for forever. I really mean that. So you'll have to come back and give us some more time in the future because this was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for being You're here. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening to The Business of Wellness. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Remember that advice provided on this podcast is based on my application of research and practice as a registered dietitian and should not replace medical advice provided by your physician. If you like what you're listening to, please follow the show, leave a five-star rating, and share something you love from today's episode by leaving a review. This podcast only grows with your support. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it far and wide, it may be the one thing someone needs to hear to start building that roadmap today to secure a healthier, happier future. That's it for now. So until next time, cheers.